Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. I am Javon J. Love Adams, and alongside me is the one and only my co-host, my brother, Ed Easy Smith. He is a nine-year, not for, played nine years professional baseball, and then also six years in the NFL. So if you if you get on his bad side, he definitely will chop block you or do something with you, man. He was a wonderful tight end in the NFL. So we talk everything Arizona Cardinals. What's going on with you, Easy? Man, glad to have football back. Just to make a little correction, because I don't <laughs> like to take too much credit. Okay. Six total years six total between years. the uh, World League of American Football, NFL, and I did play that last year in the XFL as well. So I just want to make it seem like All I, I did was play in the dirt. Oh, yeah. I played in the dirt, dog. <laughs> I just played in the dirt. So we, we are, we're bringing this, the podcast to you today. Because yesterday and for the next couple of weeks, with the preseason being in full swing, it's going to be games will be on Thursdays for the most part. So, so we're going to bring you bring you our thoughts and reflections on the game on the previous day's game. So let's get into the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals played the Los Angeles Chargers. Got we don't right. say San Diego; we say <laughs> Los Angeles. And we're going to break down the things about the game, some of the things that caught our eye in in particular. And this is interesting because if you caught our, our radio show. Shameless plug on NBC Sports Radio 1060 AM out here in Phoenix Saturdays uh, from 10 AM to noon. Make sure you check us out. We one of the things Ed talked about was what what he was looking for, but from a different perspective was from the coach and how he prepares his team. And so I'll, we'll get to that in a second. So we'll talk about that uh, overall thoughts on on the coach as well, Coach, coach Kingsbury, the offense, and of course QB number one, Kyler Murray, the wide receivers. Talk about the offensive line and their and their play or or lack thereof. Get into the defense and the rush defense, the run defense, I should say. And overall takeaways from the game. And last, because my partner here has experience with playing in some of these preseason games, wanted to get his thoughts on what on on the value of them. And I think he has a unique perspective on that. So without further ado, let's get to it. Now, Easy, last time last week on our radio show, you talked about what you were going to be looking for from from the from Coach Kingsbury in a different way. And I'll set it up a little bit and you take it from there. One of the things you said you wanted to look at how quickly they broke the huddle, how quickly they hustled on and off the field. So with that in mind, what were your takeaways from game one? I thought it looked pretty good. You know, I, we've been talking we've been hearing about this air raid offense where it was going to be click, click, boom, click, click, boom, you know, like in and out, in and out. I don't necessarily think they wanted to show that too much, this, you know, right out of the box, but it was very controlled. I was very uh, pleased with the what you can look at the head coach on the sideline slash offensive coordinator getting the plays into Kyler, and everything looked like it was moving, you know, at a nice crisp pace. There wasn't any late huddle breaks and then panic at the line of scrimmage. I saw a couple times Kyler actually had the opportunity to go to the line and do a quick audible or change something that he didn't like or wanted to get into something else. So, you know, and, I, and it was funny because some of the other games 
earlier in the in the day, like the, the Giants game, like the Giants Jets, and they had a couple of their uh, younger quarterbacks in later in the game, and they were like going down to the final seconds on the play clock. And I didn't see a lot of that from Kyler. You know, good first initial drive. They only played that one drive, but like we talked about last week. I wanted to see that organization, you know, people on the field and off the field quickly in and out of the huddle. And I did see that. And I was very, I was impressed with that portion of the game. And does, with those little things, do those little things add up being to a much bigger thing if those aren't taken care of? For example, I was at my son's uh, football practice just earlier this week in, in youth football. But one of the things that the coaches are in terms of hustle, get in and out, hustle, those things, because does that can that lead to some bad tendencies that happen? Otherwise? Oh, absolutely. These games, these early games, a lot of people don't think they mean much, but basically it's dress rehearsal. You're getting ready for a regular season that's going to be on us before you even know it after these three preseason games. And the way they do them now, your uh, first team is only getting one uh, uh, uh Possession in the first quarter of the game. This week we'll probably see two, maybe three possessions, a series, I should say. And then the third is the uh, dress rehearsal. That's when the, the, the whole team, both the first teams are going into the second half. So you can get that halftime experience, you know, coming back out, getting restarted. Um, and then the fourth game, we, we know, is pretty much nobody's playing in those. So you basically right. have three weeks, if you want to call it three weeks, because like I said, very minimal play from the first teams even starting out the box. But these are those situations where you want to start seeing early on uh, guys knowing when they're supposed to be going in the game, um, you know, making any uh, injury substitutions. And then, like I said, there's just the whole overall procedure. Everything's controlled during practices. You know, the, the staff has all the equipment there and everybody's, you know, talking to the quarterback, sometimes even standing on the field with them. Now, you know, everybody's on the sideline up in the booths. That's the other thing you have is the communication from the booth down to the sideline, out to the, 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 the field, and vice versa. You know, So everybody's getting a fresh chance to kind of go over their roles and some of our new coaches right. in different situations. This is all new for them as well. So you want to see that right off the bat. Organization, um, not a lot of panic, and people being where they're supposed to be where, and when they're supposed to be. So speaking of being where you're supposed to be and when you're supposed to be, the offense is where they're supposed to be is getting into the end zone. So let's start with them. From let, overall with offense, I want to get to that, but let's start with Kyler Murray. Some different things, and, and so this is kind of, in a way, relates to it. Always is going to connect back to uh, Cliff Kingsbury. One of the things that I noticed, and I stopped probably right around the middle of the the third quarter. People talk about. I've heard a lot about the 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 personnel. So ten personnel, eleven personnel, twelve personnel. Real quick, when I say ten personnel, what does that mean for the layman out there? Uh, one running back, no wide, no tight ends. So if you have twelve personnel, that's one running back, two tight ends. Okay. So that's uh, the way that goes. Okay. So there's a lot of uh, the the trend for Kingsbury is to have a lot of ten personnel. And so what I counted was right again right around the middle of the third quarter. I stopped, so I counted there were about he had ten uh, plays run out of ten plays run out of ten personnel, about another ten out of eleven personnel, and there were only one or two out of twelve personnel, which was kind of interesting. Now one of the things we talked about kind of offline as we get into Kyler Murray, because I want to know what you liked and what you didn't like about him, but you mentioned something that you didn't like seeing uh, in terms of how he was line, lining up. Despite some of the some of the early praise that he's been getting for his performance last night, well, something to keep an eye on is the he took zero snaps underneath the center. And I know, 
You know, this is a new cra- uh, phase or craze in the NFL, you know, getting your quarterbacks back there. But in the NFL, unlike college, you have to get under the center periodically. It might not even be the majority of your snaps, but for me, if nothing else, to help your running game. The And I know there's all this, the read option and things like that, but we saw David Johnson, he kind of, not necessarily struggle because this is very vanilla um, you know, plays are running. There's no, you know, not a lot of motions and things to show. He's pretty much just running straight up the middle. But I don't like when a, the, 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 was it the pistol they called it? Uh-huh. With the quarterback back there, it doesn't give your running back a lot of momentum gaining yardage. Meaning he's, like your Adrian Peterson, you know, we said we had him for a little stretch and we obviously saw him with the Minnesota Vikings for years. He, he liked to be deep, about seven yards deep. Quarterback <laughs> yes, he under, did. Yeah, he was deep because Woo! he wanted to go downhill. Yeah. And even even take that a step further, even with the stretch plays, he could you know get his momentum going left, right, get around those corners. With Kyler in the pistol all the time, it's going to be kind of snap to the quarterback, then the runner is going to be kind of reading as he's, you know, almost coming from a flat-footed state. So, right. I, you know, I, that was just one thing that was a, a, alarming to me that I will keep an eye on throughout the rest of preseason. And obviously, this was just first dress rehearsal. So, obviously, they didn't want to show a whole lot. But I want to see Kyler under center as much as they will allow because it also comes into play for the play-action passes and everything. So, True. And I know you can do the play-action out of the read, but after a while, teams will start teeing off on that. And, you know, you see it enough, you know, you know how to defend it. So I want to make sure, you know, at some point they get him under the center. Hopefully that's a plan for the near future here. Well, with with Kyler Murray, and let's talk about the quarterback, quarterbacks, but more specifically the quarterback number, the quarterback Kyler Murray. He was six for seven, played, and he had one series. And that one drop was, or the, the one incompletion, so to speak, that was because Keyshawn Johnson actually stepped, stepped out of bounds. Out, yeah. But... Your, I thought that he was, it. He seemed good. He, see, it, I, I was, I was impressed. Even though he was going against vanilla defense, so he he did well enough. He didn't, at least he didn't overthrow anybody or or didn't make a mistake in that way. So if everybody's trying to play as as easy as possible, he did a good job with everything with everything set up on him to be as easy as possible. What were your thoughts on Kyler Murray? Well, first, you know, we talked about the look from last week right. when when on the show we talked about what we wanted to see as far as the look. I thought he looked poised and in command. And one of the things for Kyler. He's very familiar with this offense right out of the bat. So he's not coming in swimming, trying to learn terminology, trying to learn, uh, you know, scheme and stuff like that. So he's already has an advantage. So I was very impressed with He had the team in and out of the huddle. They looked good. Uh, Didn't seem like there were any communication errors. Then when he threw the ball, he threw with conviction. Real quick, um, decisive moves. He he knew where he was going with the ball. Sometimes, you know, that can be a detriment because, you know, if he's – Knows right off the bat where he's going with it. And he, these DBs will start reading those eyes yeah. and making breaks on balls and stuff like that. But he threw the ball extremely well. Uh, where I did have a little bit of an issue, and this will be something for both of us to watch as we move forward, their entire game just seemed to be vertical. I mean, horizontal. Yes. They kept – they yes. and this is, this is you know, in this new age of, you know, we just had um, – uh, who's our former head coach here? Um, uh He's down Arians, Tampa. Arians. Arians was all about getting the ball downfield, right? This offense is was very horizontal, side to side. Yes. And and, and it was evident, like in because think about this, they started very deep in their own territory in their first 
um, offensive possession, which, you know, they created a turnover good. But they went 10 plays for 33 yards. Yeah. That and, and that's with Kyler Murray going yeah. six for seven yeah. on the drive. Yeah. And I just noticed everything was out on the edges, out on the edges. And this will this is something I'll ask you and I'll ask even our listeners and everybody to, to watch moving forward. Does his height is it a detriment to him being able to throw the ball, not necessarily seeing over these big linemen and everything. Right. But think about it. He's got to throw over not just the, the heads, but these guys are getting their arms up as well. So you got six five, six six linemen out there, yeah. And the, on the defensive side, jumping and so is the scheme going to be everything on the outside? And like I said, ten plays, thirty three yards. You do the math on that's three point three yeah. per play. That's I mean that that actually comes out to basically twenty twenty play drives if you're looking <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking at getting down the field and scoring. So yeah. something to keep an eye on. Yeah, is more vertical game. And like I said, it was a vanilla. Attack maybe, but but that could be an, an issue moving forward. I am curious to see again because it's it's the it's the you try to look for things to be concerned about, then you try to look for things to just not worry about when it comes to the preseason. But I I think and I, I think I mentioned this to you before. You kind of gave me that that easy look that you give me sometimes, as if yeah, you just don't know. You just don't know. <laughs> but I think that if you look at an example, and I know that Kyler Murray is shorter than than Drew Brees. But if you look at what Drew Brees is able to do, if you're if you're able to maybe roll him, just have him move just a little bit within the pocket, not not have him roll out and start to do some bootleg, but so that he can get those as they always as they as the mm-hmm. as the saying is to find those windows to be able to throw. Because if you're you're right, and I heard this uh, this morning where they were talking about that he didn't throw any any plays, have any throws down the down middle. the middle. Yeah. That's that has to be is the, is it the coaching staff? The coaching staff not wanting to show something, or is the, the coaching staff being a little bit afraid because they're not they're not one hundred percent confident in their quarterback's ability? Well, these are things you have to work on. You can't yeah. hold these in your bag and just work them in practice. Now, and think hold, that you said that that's you can't <laughs> hold stuff in your bag. You want. Because when you're going against live bullets, you don't want to wait until week one or week oh, two no. until you say, let's try this play that we've been working on against ourselves for the last month and a half. You want to, and that's where I think coaches maybe outsmart themselves in the preseason because you don't want to show anything. Well, if you show something in week one, then everybody's going to see it for the next 15 weeks. So in, in my opinion, it's just why, and, why wait? And I'll ask you, because okay. we both watched the game. We, yeah. you know, did, it was almost like watching film for me back in the day. I got to watch know. the next game with you, so okay. I Okay. Watch but watching Kyler on the field, for this is the first time we've seen him out there, other team, you know, did did he looked a little small. Not even yeah. a little small, he looked very that boy small. About five seven, man. I'm I'm just that saying that boy about five seven. They had to somebody had to yeah, something. And and saying that because you bring Drew Brees up all the time. Drew's six and maybe a quarter or something like that. Okay. So Drew and but Drew also has that that uh, uncanny thing he does with stand almost standing on his tippy toes and arching his neck and back where he's gaining another like level of view and you right. can tell you watch his highlights sometimes oh he yeah up he's there trying to pick over the fence and he's throwing you know and with Kyler and I know like I said wasn't a lot of pressure on him maybe one player so you know he was flat footed a couple of times when you're flat footed you are your actual true height and it, <laughs> you know and it just it looked true like that. I said he looked very small out there in comparison. To some of the other players, that's all. I was 
basically say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with Kyler Murray, of course, when we talk about him, there's two things you talk about. His, his well, a few things. One, uh, his his arm strength, and he seemed to get the ball out very quickly. But the other is you, you when you're if you're going to be throwing the ball, of course, they talk about his speed. But if you're talking about the arm strength, then somebody has to catch that ball. There, the receivers yesterday. There was one in particular that stood out to me. I don't know about you, but it was Sherfield. And he seemed to be mm-hmm. playing a lot of the game yesterday. He had a, a great – I happened to see him uh, and I uh, had a great uh, play on special teams as well. But he had the he had the touchdown catch from, from Hundley, Hundley yeah. in the second uh, – what was it? I think in the second quarter. So your thoughts on the wide receivers because I think what was it? One of the – I'm looking for him right now. One of their wide receivers is a third-year man. I want to say it's Williams, but don't quote me on that. Let me find it while you respond. He didn't even play last night. And so you have, they were trying to bring in uh, a quarterback. They were trying to bring in uh, Crabtree. Crabtree. Yeah. They were trying to bring in Crabtree this week. And that those talks stalled. <laughs> so your thoughts on the wide receivers and how they performed. And, of course, Larry did well. They, it was just a kind of a wide receiver screen that he ended up catching last night. But your thoughts on the wide receivers. Um, nobody stood out for me. Okay. It, it was, you know, it's, it's a nice young group. But when you're talking about other... Uh, organizations and some of the, the get, it seems like everybody has different, I guess, um, ingredients to their wide receiver groups. You have a burner, somebody who can get up the field. Yeah. You got that possessing slot guy. You've got uh, maybe somebody who is bigger and slower but can go across the middle, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like all of, we have a kind of a cookie cutter. They all kind of look the same. You could take one out, put another guy's name on the back of his jersey, and they all kind of look the same. Right. I don't see anybody who's standing out right now. And then, obviously, you have Larry Fitzgerald, the the, the legend, uh, aging legend. That, you know, you have to throw that in there. Yeah. Larry's not going to run away from anybody. He'll catch anything in his radius. But I think more than anything now, you have to scheme for Larry to get open in the middle of the field. Rather, years ago, he could just go out there and beat somebody. That's true. So this is all going to come down to scheme. As far as, like I said, the group of wide receivers – um, and you brought up Crabtree's uh, name, and I, I was that was a head scratcher for me when they were talking about bringing him <laughs> in because Crabtree, uh, great athlete, but sometimes he can't catch cold in the middle of a boat out in the Alaskan waters. You know, he he's been known uh, to drop a few, right, right? And you know, to bring him in, maybe we're looking for more leadership to go along with Larry. But you know, you're talking about getting. You know, two dudes with not too far away from their AARP cars. <laughs> and it's like, you know, right. it just didn't make much sense to me. So the wide receiver group that we have, they're going to be a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be some, you know, and like I said, it's going to, it'll be fun to either watch them grow together along with Kyler, or it could be very painful in terms of, you know, some mistakes like the running out of bounds to catch a ball. You know, those are things that veterans don't you that veterans don't do. So we're like I said, we'll have to keep an eye on that group, and hopefully, like I said, they mature. Think about it, uh, Jay. Three weeks from now, we're going to be talking about opening day right around the corner. Right. So yeah. Should be interesting. Should be. It doesn't bode well. I think uh, White didn't play, and again, Williams didn't play, and it doesn't really bode well in terms of for that. Now, when there's there's the great hope that one of the most electrifying players in David Johnson will really be able to come, will get back to old form and really be that possible thousand, thousand guy, thousand yards receiving, thousand yards rushing. The offensive line has to play a big part in that. Did you see anything that would give you, that would give you confidence that the offensive line is going to be successful at that? 
Um, in one series, it's hard to really gauge. Obviously, the number of ones were only out there for the one series, 10 plays as it was. But I think they were hidden a little bit because of the quick nature of the popping. You know, they was like in and out, you know, little dink and dunks. So it wasn't like, you know, like what happens when you have to get the ball down the field, seven-step drop, you know, that type of thing. These right. dudes, will they be able to hold up? We didn't see any of that because everything was in and out of Kyler's hands within a matter of seconds. Can you survive like that throughout the entire season? I don't think that's a great game plan of we're just going to three yard our way up the field, you know, consistently. It's not going to happen. So we'll see, you know, as far as I mean, there was one or two breakdowns on a, a play or two. Uh, I think with especially the play that ended that first uh, drive, both edges gave up uh, pretty easily and they were right on top of Kyler. Uh, we'll see. That's going to be something that, and here's the other thing I want to see that run game. These offensive linemen, you know, are they going to be catching or are they going to be delivering? Meaning, are they going to be off the ball firing and beating people up or are they going to be catching people two or three yards in the backfield, which will give David Johnson literally zero chance to gain any ground? So that's something we'll see more of uh, after, I would say, in the third game. Second game is going to be kind of like this one, the second preseason game. Maybe a couple series, but not extended. Game three, that's one we need to keep our eye on. Okay. The defense. The defense. Did they play defense yesterday? Man, I was watching. (laughs) They seemed to be the run defense or lack thereof. They just didn't seem to be able to, for one, tackle. And the other, they just didn't seem to be in the right position to be able to to make that tackle. Uh, I want to say, as I'm looking at this, in terms of, and again, these numbers are skewed slightly because after that first series, you have have other, other backups and things people trying to make the team that we're looking to play but if we're looking at total yards let's see total yards rushing yards let's say uh, los angeles chargers had 179 rushing yards yesterday and that is not a good sign no matter who's in you should be able to try to stop that run your thoughts on the defense well you got to remember too we're playing ones against ones twos against twos so as you go down the depth chart yeah it's not like they had their ones in running against our fourth string so for me, that just, you know, and it was, we, we've talked about this. It was very non-aggressive. The guys out there looked tentative, mm-hmm. missing tackles. And part of that might, I give them the benefit of the doubt because, once again, we reverted back to 3-4 from the 4-3. So new scheme, new defensive coordinator. Maybe they're really still learning a little bit. So everybody wasn't firing. And, you know, they were more, more worried about the depth of their drop in a zone or you know, the gap they were supposed to be feeling, filling rather than just reacting as football players. Yeah, because it doesn't seem very aggressive at all. No, But then not you don't expect it to be. But, I, again, I think you could be aggressive without showing all your cards. Oh, yeah, that, and that's the, the speed that you play at is, when we talk about, the, I want to see the speed. I could care less about the scheme because we all know it's going to be vanilla. You're not showing much. But these guys were, it was almost like they were out there scripting, like they were thought they were still at practice where it was thud and not full tackle and full go. That's what it looked like to me. The first play, the first drive, Chargers, eight plays, seventy yards, seventy-three yards, only saved by Hicks. what's what's I call it. Remember we talked about this last week. We want to see more uh, turnovers created. We want to mm-hmm. see these guys out there ripping and stripping at the ball. Yes. Two yard line, we get a turnover there. Later on in the game, we had another rip out, but it, it, fortunately knee was down. But then we had an uh, interception as well. So those are the good parts. What I didn't see though, in terms of the aggression uh, and guys flying around 
like and and we'll talk about this later because you talked you want to talk a little bit about my experience in camp. Man, the the deeper you get down the depth chart, yeah. meaning this is your fours playing in the in the fourth quarter. Yeah, these dudes should be playing like maniacs. Man. These dudes should be trying to. I mean, if the head coach got in my way, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, dude, but you was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, you got to watch that. You know, but even all the way through the game, it was like the same tone. Yeah. Same speed, nobody really stood out for me. Got you. And so let's let's transition to this because my takeaways. One of the there were two things in terms of takeaways for me. One was again Sherfield. I thought that he did a really good job. He caught a, he caught a few balls, uh, caught that touchdown. I thought he was he made a real effort on special teams to, because he wants to try to make this team mm-hmm. and to make it, and, and to really have play a bigger role. Uh, the other one was it was interesting because when you said you should be playing with some with that speed of the game. What was it? Number 92, I think his name is Gar- Gar- Gardek. He he made a couple of mistakes, but he also made some good, he had some, I think he led the team in tackles yesterday as well. So if nothing else, he's a guy that's saying, I want, if I'm going to make a mistake, I'm going to make that mistake going 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. as opposed to being tentative. Go, he went, uh, he went, and made some made some adjustments so that he could be so that he could perform better in the game, and so those are a couple of the takeaways that I had from from the overall game. So your any of your takeaways from either a player or just a, a player group or just overall? Uh, you know, it, it, they neither side. Like I said, the offense or the defense wasn't going to give us too much, show us too much, and I think I pretty much said it all. My overall take on the offense is we got to get a little more. I want to keep an eye on. Uh, I guess those explode, explosion plays. Are we right. going to be more down the field? I want to try to do that dick and dunk. Man, all the way down, man, boy. Man, 10 plays, 33 yards. I mean, yeah. that's a, <laughs> so you multiply that, it would pick a, that's a 33 play drive from where they started. <laughs> you know, 30 play drive just to get down to the other end of the field. That's not going to happen. Right. Uh, defensively, like I said, it's just a matter of, I think, guys getting more comfortable. Uh, in the positions they're playing and knowing the defense. And then obviously we saw a lot of guys that probably won't be here on the roster. But they, like I said, those are the dudes like I'm thinking should be, you know, hitting everybody out there. If it's wearing a different color, you should be smacking it somehow, some way. So, you know, first, here's the other thing too. And I thought about this, like, you know, it's a a win, you know, so the team, they can say they won. And I had a little comparison, though. This is like, because everybody gets excited about these offseason wins. Oh, we won yesterday, 17-13, you know. Uh-huh. You know when you go to bed, right, and you have this dream. You know, as dudes, sometimes we our minds take us in different directions, <laughs> right? So you had this great dream. Yes. That one, and I'm talking about that one that you just think is real. Yeah. Man. You're like, you 007, you got, you got the girl, you you know, we're, we're, yes, you know we're both, you know, yes, I'm just saying, yes, this is sir. that dream, right? Uh-huh. And then you wake up in the morning like, wow, that was just a dream. <laughs> and that's just, that's what wins in the preseason are. They're just, you know, it's nice, and yes. blah, but they don't mean a thing. Yeah. You wake up in the morning and, you know, you, you got to, man, I got to go to work and, and that. <laughs> why not, uh, just, just, just don't have the same feel as between 12 and 6 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? So it's nice they got yeah. the win. It's nice they looked at least competent out there. Yeah. We'll see how they progress moving forward. So you are you are an NFL vet. You, you, you've been through some training camps. You played for, I know I'm going to miss one, but you played for the Lions, you played for the Falcons, you played for the Redskins, you played Eagles. for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So what's it like, that first preseason game? What was it like your first time that you did it? 
And then, the, then when you did it for, when you kind of were thinking, yeah, this might be the last time I'm going to have to tap out. What was the, <laughs> just the difference in terms of the range of emotions? Because you weren't necess- you weren't the star of the team, so it was different for you. You had to you had to grind it out every snap, every play. I can tell you this much. A lot of players out there, you know, because you got your high draft picks, you got guys. There are a lot of guys out there who were, or just like me, I was like, Man, I can't believe I'm out here on the field right now. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, you watch it. And, uh, for me, I played nine years of baseball. Yeah. Never even thought about football. My brother, my brother was in the NFL. Next year, I'm in my, in my first camp putting on the pads and the, you know, and the helmet and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Man, you're talking about just, wow. But what happens is you better get that wow out of your head as fast as possible because, okay. one, it's time to go to work on the field. There's so much you're taking in as far as the playbook. Uh, procedures, all these different kind of things, and you can you can get your head knocked out, knocked off out there if you're still thinking, "Wow, I can't believe I'm here." Mm. You know, and a lot of these guys, you know, they'll they'll play in this camp and they might not make this team, and they'll redo it again, and might or might not catch on somewhere. But you know, the the biggest thing, man, is the speed of the game. You better keep up, or you need to get <laughs> get out of there gotcha. because and here's the crazy part. And we'll talk about this as we get closer to the regular season. I thought I was on max mode during during training camp. Okay. You know, and then we got to the regular season, and the dial gets twisted up even more. Wow. And then when you get to the playoffs, yeah. oh, my God. I mean, I, every time I, I just thought there was no way this game could get any faster and more intense than it is. Yeah. Preseason, regular season. Postseason, and I'll put the Super Bowl <laughs> on top of that. So, okay. like a lot of these dudes, their heads are swimming because of the, like I said, this new speed of what they're being involved in and all the information dumped on them. Because you got to remember, a lot of these guys learn a new scheme, new terminology, everything like that. So, it can be overwhelming. Um, and you hope that everybody's in their playbook trying to, trying to decipher it. Some will, some won't. You know, for me, I was like, so I was a little older, I was 26. My rookie season, right. so I was a little more mature and a little, you know, more prepared. I think just because of that fact, but it can, like I said, it can, re- it is really uh, an amazing thing when you start putting on this, and especially going out for your first preseason game. The because we got to remember a lot of these guys they played in co- big colleges and stuff like that. Yeah, but now you're on an NFL field with all the thrills of you know, and it, it like I said, it can get you. Okay. All right, so yeah. we're going to have to tap into some of those easy stories from time to time. I got a few for you. I know you do. <laughs> so on behalf of Ed Smith, I am Javon Adams. You have been listening to Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. We'll catch y'all next week. Until then, as my partner likes to say, be easy out there. You can. <laughs> for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.